invite you to pray with me this morning. Lord Jesus, you are the great physician. We've been learning that. We've been growing in your word and the ongoing reminders that you are a God who can heal. But Lord, we continue to come before you today as one who went up on a mountainside, transfigured in, in the fact that you glowed with the glory of God and that reminder that you're a God who has come among your people for greatness and that greatness would take you the way of a cross. That would be where healing would come, where that healing would go to new levels, Lord, not just our bodies, but our souls and hearts and lives for eternity. Lord, we pray that we would be cleansed here today, that our complexions would, would radiate more and more your presence as your people here. We pray it, Jesus, in your presence, now and always. Amen. Amen. I remember hearing about a guy who was in college. He was single. You know, Valentine's Day was coming, and he got to thinking, man, I, I hope I have a date and time for Valentine's Day. And, and his friends were aware of this dilemma in his life. And one of his good friends uh, decided to set him up on a blind date some weeks before Valentine's Day and, and uh, set him up. He, he said, uh, you're going to love this girl. She's wonderful. I, I, I met her at my, my work, and, and uh, you're going to just have a great time. And, and he's like, okay, I, I, but, but what do I do? And, and you know, what, if, what if I get there and I pick her up and... And, and I'm just not attracted to her. What if the date's just not going well? What do I do? And, and his friend had an idea. He said, you know, here's, here's a thought. He said, if it's not going well, just go like this. Go, I'm having an asthma attack. And I'm not recommending this, by the way, okay? But that's the advice this friend gave him is just, you know, pretend you're having an asthma attack and that will be your ticket to get out of the date. And he's like, oh. Great idea. That's a great plan B, just in case. And and uh, and so he, the night comes, or they'd set it all up, and it, uh, he goes to pick her up, and and he gets to the door, and and she answers, and and, and there she is, and she's just gorgeous, beautiful, and, and he can say, oh, this this is exactly the kind of person I'm attracted to. He's all excited about it, and right at that moment, he says, so are you ready to go? And she's like, yes. Oh, and she starts grabbing her throat, and she's like, asthma attack. <laughs> Not quite what he had hoped for. You know, sometimes in life, things don't work out the way we hoped. We long for, for companionship, we long for love, we long for acceptance, and things get in the way. Sometimes loneliness can overwhelm us. And you know, the, the things that add to loneliness, and there's so many factors that bring that on, you know, for a lot of people, a lot of times it's just an emptiness, a brokenness that can stem from circumstances and situations that, that are outside of our control. They really are. And yet, how do we deal with them? Where do we go when the times come when we're overwhelmed with brokenness? Today we're going to look at Jesus, the great dermatologist. And, and appropriately so, we find that Jesus has the power to heal a skin disease in the Gospels. Um, I remember, just the context of this, you know, in Jesus' day, when we talk about leprosy, um, it could refer to something like 72 different skin conditions. So in our, in our mindset in, in modern times, leprosy is, is one illness, one sickness, very serious. Um, in Jesus' day, it could apply to a lot of different sicknesses of the skin. 
And uh, in fact, you go back to Leviticus, there were a lot of rules laid out and God had established a way of dealing with leprosy in the wide sense of the term. And, and add to that, the, the Jewish Mishnah that had all sorts of other regulations of how to deal with skin conditions and skin diseases that would create an uncleanness of, of people. In fact, in those days, it, it was very serious if, if you came down with a form of leprosy, whatever it may have been. Thinking about that, have you ever struggled with acne? Just curious. I was thinking a few more hands. I, I just remember this, like in, in, in high school and even before that, back in seventh grade, sixth grade, eighth grade, I, I just had horrendous acne. And, and I always thought there was always that hope, well, one day it'll get better. It'll get better. Just, just hang in there. Everybody tell me, it'll get better. And, you know, it, it didn't get better. And, and, and those, those times where I, I wanted to go to, to say to, to, to school and, and my face is just all broken out and, 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 and I was a I'm picker, you know, and it just, it just, I don't want to put too much imagery in your mind, but it looked horrendous. It looked terrible. And I thought, how can I go out in public like this? Sometimes I, I didn't want to even go to school. I just felt so diseased, as it were. And, and uh, I, you know, get into my teenage years and horrendous bad acne and get into college. I'm like, well, maybe it's going to clear up one of these days. And finally went to a dermatologist and that kind of helped for a little while, but it still continued to be an issue. And so many days, I, I just felt so self-conscious of the acne on my face. And then I met Shane and, and she loved me anyway. And, and we got married and, and, and she took me to a dermatologist, her dermatologist, and and uh, put me on this thing called Accutane and went through this medication thing and, and it was supposed to be the end all and it didn't work. And I'm thinking, well, at least I'm in my late 20s now and it's going to get better any day now. And I got in my 30s and it didn't get better. And I still break out. I'm in my 40s. It's frustrating. And I'm thinking, that's just acne and how it can create a wall of insecurity. Imagine if that sickness has cultural implications that go even beyond that, of just personally feeling like an outcast. What would it be like to be in a culture where if you have leprosy, and this was the culture of Jesus' day and long before that in Naaman's day too, like our Old Testament reading talked about it, where if you were diagnosed with leprosy, you would be banished from the community. You would be forced to live outside the city walls. You, you wouldn't be allowed to co-mingle with your family anymore. You'd have to be quarantined like those coming back who were exposed to the Ebola outbreak some months ago. And they'd be forced to be by themselves. You know, this would be a way of life for a leper colony in those days. They, they, some, some of them even would have to wear belts. That when they'd walk about so people could hear the bell in the distance like, oh, here comes a leper, stay away from them. And they'd also, uh, by law, would have to call out, unclean, unclean, whenever they come near any other people. I mean, can you imagine living in that kind of isolation, <clears throat> solitude, and loneliness, simply because you had a condition of your skin? Such was the case. And Jesus encounters a man with just such a condition. It says that a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. If you're willing, you can make me clean, the man said. Kind of an interesting phrase. You know, and it's hard to read into that. Was this a signal of faith? Was it a signal of sarcasm? Or was it a sig signal of in, uh, maybe a, a truly a, a deep 
level of insecurity for the man, thinking there's no way Jesus would ever pay any attention to him. Interesting, the, the next phrase, and you may have caught this. Did you hear it when we read it? Verse 41. Jesus was, why don't you look at your worship Bibles or, or in the worship folder. Verse 41. Jesus was, what's it say? Indignant. Um, and I want to point this out. This is a, a reading. Um, a lot of translations say Jesus filled with compassion. Um, NIV picks this up. Jesus was indignant in this case. And, and there's, there's an interesting kind of, it's a, a, one of those what they call a variant reading. Um, we have over 25,000 uh, New Testament manuscripts of various pieces. And, and uh, of those many manuscripts to compare, there's some variant readings that suggest Jesus was indignant or Jesus was actually angry at this moment. Um, others uh, suggest Jesus was filled with compassion. That kind of fits more with what we'd expect from Jesus. And yet, there are many places in Mark's gospel where Jesus, in reaction to unbelief, is very indignant and is very angry. The, the idea that Jesus was this nice, uh, always just very, very soft-spoken guy just doesn't really play out in the gospels. Uh, he was a powerful guy, but yes, very compassionate in the way he ministered to people, but not a pushover. And so whether he was indignant or compassionate really kind of fits both sides of what we know about Jesus and how he ministered to people with truth and with love. And in this moment, he reaches out his hand, it says, and he touches the man. Now understand something here. Jesus, when asked if he would heal this man, if you're willing, I can be clean, Jesus doesn't just push him away, or Jesus doesn't go, asthma attack. No, instead, what does he do? He reaches out. He touches the man. We, we've seen that several times in the last several weeks, where Almighty God in the flesh, Jesus, the God-man, in the presence of people, reaches out and touches them. I think that's pretty cool. And in this case, not only is it incredibly amazing, it's also culturally unheard of. Because for Jesus to touch a leprous man who has been declared unclean, for Jesus to touch him would then make him, Jesus, unclean culturally. He's crossing a border here, a boundary that the culture had set up uh, theo theologically. They, they considered if this man is unclean, he can't come into the temple, he can't worship, he's banned to be on the outside, and Jesus touches him. And with that, Jesus says, I am willing. He said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. You know, we see in the ministry of Jesus, one who is always willing to step across the boundaries against what had been established in terms of what was okay or what wasn't okay and those cultural things that aren't in line with anything of what God has in mind for rescuing and saving people right where they are. Jesus smashes those cultural expectations and he crosses the line extending his healing love and his presence. Now, when you think about that today, you know, maybe you come here today and you're overwhelmed with sadness or, or brokenness. You're overwhelmed with loneliness. And maybe that loneliness is, is due to circumstances beyond your control, whether it be acne, whether it be another sickness, another disease that is plaguing you or your family, and you're overwhelmed by it and you're fearful and, and anxiety-ridden in these days. 
Maybe for you that that loneliness and solitude of, of feeling on the outside looking in comes by way of decisions and choices you've made. Where our sin and the guilt and the shame overwhelms us because we have isolated ourselves because we've dwelt in darkness in our actions, in our behaviors, or our thought life. You know, no matter what side of that you're in, if isolation and loneliness is, is your diagnosis today, and the sickness and the disease of your skin is really what's emulating from your heart, we have a God who comes among us today. And be reminded, He's not a God who fakes asthma but rather a God who gestures in a very different way, a God who extended his arms. And that healing touch, his woundedness that would take him to a cross, that he'd extend that hope and that promise and that healing love to the world, your world today. So you would know you're not alone. So you would know that a God who comes with that amazing love has truly come for you as the great physician and the great dermatologist that heals your diseases and sets you free in your mind, in your heart, in your soul for eternity today. You know, back in the Old Testament, I love that parallel passage uh, where we read about Naaman and his cleansing by Elisha and, and the fact that when Naaman comes to Elisha's door, Elisha doesn't even go out there. He just sends a servant to go and tell him and, and tell him, go wash in the Jordan. And he's like, are you kidding me? I, I thought he'd do something more impressive. And yet he goes and he washes and he's cleansed. Such a ho-hum kind of way. And yet God was at work in that miracle, but it was also pointing to a day where God would work in a miraculous way. And yet what many would say is a ho-hum kind of way of, of miraculous work. You know, when we are cleansed in the washing of the water and the word as baptized children of God, we, we were, had this incredible opportunity last week in our late service a third grader who was baptized in Jesus' name and, and the joy of the Lord that lived out through him. You know, God was doing a work in him, the cleansing of his heart and his soul in this outward action that was doing something internally that was eternal in his life. You know, God has done that for you. He's brought a cleansing that is connected to you to the greater work of the one who extends his loving touch your way. He's touched you. And today we're going to experience it even more. And the Lord's Supper and that celebration of that holy touch that brings the renewal of forgiveness in our lives. May God bless us in his healing presence. Let's pray. Lord, you are the great dermatologist. And you're God who comes among us to bring healing on a deeper level that's not just skin deep, but it goes to the level of our souls. Lord, thank you for being the one who is willing to be, go the way of a cross. Lord, to extend your arms as a hope to the world. As you touch us with your love, as you bring about a cleansing in our life and the renewal of our baptismal calling this day. So bless us as individuals, as families, as one family, as the St. John family, and as a community around the world who gives thanks for your presence and your gift of life and love in our lives today. Thank you to the great physician who dwells among us. In Jesus' powerful name, amen.